Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson, and I am so excited to be speaking with Danny Williamson today. Danny is a functional nurse practitioner and the owner of Integrative Family Medicine in Franklin, Tennessee. Danny, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. It's so good to see you again, Julie. Yes, lucky for me, it was just feels like just a few days ago. I got I know, to see you in person. <laughs> Twice in one week. Can't beat yes. that. No. So I want to start with where I often do most of us come to this world through our own health journey. I know you spent 24 years struggling with various and numerous chronic illnesses. So what was the turning point for you for healing your body from within? Well, you know, the 24 years of chronic disease started from 18 years of living in a shithole of chaos in my house. Mm. I mean, it's as simple as that. And I, and, and, and my grandfather had died by suicide. My mother attempted suicide multiple times. I had chronic stress from all the, I mean, chronic, well, chronic stress. Yes. Chronic diarrhea from all the stress in mm. the, in the house and two different stepfathers and lots of trauma. First colonoscopy at age 20 and, you know, from 18 to 35, I, then I got married and I had been diagnosed with lupus. I had chronic itching, you know, and I was functioning, Julie. I mean, I was doing my job. I had two kids and I was in a hard marriage and I was suicidal. And I remember the morning, I mean, straight up the morning, I was going to end it all and drive off the foot of Broadway in Paducah, Kentucky into the Ohio River right there at the foot of Broadway. And there was nothing anyone could do. And thank goodness, by the grace of God, my kids came running in the room that morning. They were like, I don't know, three and four or something and jumping on the bed, mama, mama. And we're hungry. And I mean, literally, Julie, I looked in their eyes and it was instant. I was mm -hmm. I was no way I was going to leave those kids with my husband at the time, Greg. And I got up and I fed them breakfast and probably horrible. Who knows? Back then. <laughs> right. I was we won't. Probably, they probably got Captain Crunch and milk yep. from Walmart for all I know. But we won't go there. Yeah, a year later, I'm a single mom. Two kids, little kids, five and six. Then I'm on food stamps and a medical card. And I thought, well, I'm going to apply to nursing school. I have a graduate degree in fashion design. I owned a maternity store in Paducah. So I applied to nursing school. I'm standing on the front porch one day. I get two letters in the mail. One said, congratulations, you're going to Vanderbilt School of Nursing, nurse practitioner program or whatever. And the next one said, something like congratulations or you qualify for 56 more dollars in food stamps this month <laughs> for you wow. and your kids for Ella and Jackson and Danny. And I was like, holy cow. So I, 
I packed up and I moved to nursing school in Nashville. And three and a half years later, I've still got all the symptoms, right? I uh, still all the chronic stuff going on. I probably was on antidepressants. I can't remember. 24 years later, my first job out of nurse practitioner school, my second job, actually, the doc looked at me and said, Danny, what are you eating? Don't you know your diet controls your symptoms? And it turned my entire world around. I was like, what? I had just spent $200,000 in an education at Vandy. Not one time did they tell my class of of 300 and something nurse practitioners, there's a root cause for your patient's depression or lupus or heartburn or migraine headaches, figure it out. So from that day forward, I did food sensitivity testing on me and started some probiotics and that's, and, and I started decreasing the inflammation in my body and it literally turned the entire trajectory around for my life and my patients' lives. So that's what I do. And I mean, it was, and I am living proof that whatever you turn on, whatever chronic lifestyle disease that you turn on, you can turn off or at least dial it back greatly by controlling what's at the end of your fork. That's not only it. Of course, you have to sleep well and move well and poop well and all that. But by changing my diet and decreasing that inflammatory response turned everything around for me. And I'm pissed off through the years that I wasn't told this by the four gastroenterologists that did colonoscopies on me. Oh, it's it is so say it's frustrating is ridiculous. And I went through that period of anger of, you know, I spent 11 years declining with rheumatoid arthritis being told over and over again, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing. It doesn't matter what I even would read something and, and go to the rheumatologist and say, you know, what about this? No, no, nothing you can do. You have, you have rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. Okay. So you just led me into something. I forgot my rheumatologist when I was diagnosed with lupus by my obstetrician, I went to the best one there was at Vandy, supposedly, right? We drove from Paducah to Vanderbilt. She walks in that room. She looks me square in the eye and she said, Danielle, there is no cure for lupus. It kills women every year. What? And she said, here's your pain medicine. Here's your anti-inflammatories. She put me on uh, Celebrex, Mm -hmm. Celebrex, Vioxx, whichever one was taken off the market for killing people, sudden cardiac death. I can't remember. I I was on it for a couple of days. I didn't like it. Thank goodness. That's what she said. And then she said, this will hurt your kidneys and your liver. So we need to check your liver and kidneys every six months. And I didn't know any better. I was 35 years old. Six months. Yes. That's like nothing. I had to go in every six weeks because the stuff I was on was so toxic. And same thing. I was 34 years old. And literally she said, Oh, we're so sorry. You're so young. We'll keep you as comfortable as we can for as long as we can. It's it's maddening to me. And actually, I saw a new patient probably two months ago, and she and her rheumatologist was this was this doctor. I didn't know she was still practicing at Vandy. I said, "What did she tell you?" Because what was it that she? I guess it's rheumatoid arthritis she has. And she said, well, she told me there was nothing we could do. And I said, really? Well, let me tell you what she told me. (laughs) With her hand on the door, that proof that you can turn this around. It's not easy. It's not 
fast, but once you start feeling better and you start to decrease that inflammatory response in your body, you you don't want to go back. I'm never going back to where I was 11 years ago at 44. I feel better at 55 than I did in my 30s and mid mid 40s. I, I will never go back there. As, as do I at 52, it is, I will preach it from the mountaintops until the day I die. And that's what we do in the office is we turn people's lives around by decreasing inflammation and healing their gut. And, you know, but you and I, I mean, I'm only as good. You're only as good as what your patients or your clients do. You know, I can teach it all day, but if they go home and decide to drive through, you know, Krispy Kreme and get a couple of or a dozen donut holes, you know, and, and then go to Chick-fil-A for dinner that night, then there you go, whatever. So, so I'm not going to do that anymore. I couldn't tell you last time I went through Chick-fil-A, but it's not rocket science, which is what I was talking about in the book. Six common sense steps to to radical healing. We complicate this so much and we can't do that. And I think as healthcare providers, many times we speak in this language that patients don't understand and they don't want to understand. They don't care about the neural pathways in their brain and their dopamine is on fire and their glutamate's out of whack and their GABA's in the shitter. I mean, they don't care. They just want to know what can I do to feel better. Right. And in a way that's not overwhelming. Let's talk about the book. So your book is coming out in November. November the 9th. Wild and well, Danny. Yes. Common sense steps to radical healing. So let's, I would love to hone in on, you know, it, it is once you lift that veil of ignorance, for lack of a better word, or misinformation, it really is common sense. It does come back to this is how we got here. This yes. is how we get well. So let's let's talk about some of those steps. You cut out on me there. You froze have, your screen. Yeah, but a little so, a little technical difficulty. Let's talk about the some of the the six common sense steps in real speak, as you say. Okay, so eat well, sleep well, move well, poop well, decrease stress and cultivate community. Those are the six steps that I've worked with for 11 years. And I start with eat well, because it's the most complicated, yet the most easy one as well. What's at the end of your fork, right, will heal you or kill you. Hands down, simple as that. So you've got to make sure that you, for me, I think knowing your food sensitivities or what's creating the inflammatory response in your body is very important. Not everyone can do that. So I have them cut out the top seven inflammatory foods in the country, gluten, dairy, soy, corn, sugar, eggs, peanuts, and their face goes blank. Whoa, what (laughs) am I going to eat? Because that's all I eat. Well, you're going to eat, you're going to eat all the fresh one ingredient God made food. You can stand fish, chicken, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, oil. lamb, turkey. I mean, go buy a turnip, learn what it's like. Go buy. (laughs) We eat the same foods over and over and our body likes diversity. You know, God made 
hundreds upon hundreds of foods. We feed our kids about five or six meals their entire life. We only eat probably less than 20 foods ourselves. So we start with diversity and I go through, you know, here's go to your farmer's market, eat in season. You're only as good as what your animal ate. Maybe you can buy a cow that's grass fed, you know, and put that in your freezer. For sure, we should have done that now. Apparently, the, I have a cow in my freezer, but I do too. Going the roof. <laughs> yes, I got one last summer and not even knowing all this was going to go crazy. But the diet is key. And for me, it's one ingredient. I'm a huge fan of a Mediterranean lifestyle. Now, I know people love a carnivore diet or a keto or paleo or Whole30, and that's fine. But I know that the bulk of the world eats a Mediterranean lifestyle and the American Heart Association recommends, which is fresh food, more vegetables than not, and some fruit and then some meat or fish or chicken, you know, and oils. I just think you don't have to complicate it. People ask me what kind of life, what what, what diet do you eat? I don't eat a diet. I just eat good food. And so I think that's key. And then you have to sleep well because your body heals when you sleep. If you can't sleep, you can't heal. And the doing one or the other in it, then get out of it. No phones in there, no computers, no wireless routers in there, no TVs in there. All of that is creating horrific electromagnetic fields spiraling around you. You can't get away from the EMFs during the day. We're sitting in front of a computer right now. We've got lights. We have a ring light in front of us. we got all these EMFs everywhere. But at night, your bedroom has got to be a sanctuary. When you cross that threshold into your bedroom, it needs to be clean. It needs to be uncluttered. It needs to be safe. You don't need to be sleeping on an electric bed that is shooting wild EMFs all through your body and brain. Unplug it. If you have a sleep number, set it where you need it and unplug it. So sleeping is key. But then you've got your sleep hygiene as well that everyone knows about. And magnesium, maybe you need some magnesium to help you sleep. Magnesium is a smooth muscle relaxer and it just helps you sleep and poop and muscle, I mean, be time tea, you know, sleeping well is key. Whatever your routine looks like, we need to get you sleeping earlier to bed, the better. If you can ground and earth and put your feet on the earth at night and your face to the setting sun, that's going to help you sleep. Also the same in the morning. A good morning is going to set you up for a good evening, or I'm a big fan of grounding. Eat well, sleep well, move well. You got to move your body. We were given these bodies to move. When you stop moving, you stop moving. That's as simple as that. That's what my friend, Dr. (laughs) Derek Myers says. He's a chiropractor. And that's a fact. And you don't have to go out and go to CrossFit five days a week. Whatever works for you. If it's hula hooping, then hula hoop for crying out loud. That's great for you. If you want to rollerblade or ice skate, I don't care. I just need you to move your body. I love that you say move and not exercise because that's exactly what it is. And we, I see, I'm sure you see it a lot in the office too, especially with autoimmune patients that they're, they're overdoing it. They're driving their inflammation. So I I think of moving well as like, Oh, what's that optimal for you? 
right? So you're not overdoing it and you're, you know, beating your poor body into the ground and you're not sitting on your rear end all day either. Absolutely. Hands down. And whatever it takes, whatever it takes, you know, park a little bit further away at the grocery, take the stairs while you're in there making your spaghetti sauce, do 20 push-ups on the countertop. Well, better if you can get down and do five on the floor, do a plank, do a down dog, do some squats. I try to squat when I'm brushing my teeth. I don't know if that's great or not. If you're unstable, don't do that with a toothbrush in your mouth. But, you know, just move your body. We tend to come home and lay on that couch and we watch, you know, special victims unit. And then we get on to the next one after that. And we watch, you know, New Amsterdam. And before you know it, it's three hours and we're on the couch and we've done nothing. Do something. You got to move your body. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Eat well, sleep well, move well, poop well. Let's talk about poop well. When you eat well, when you sleep well, when you move well, guess what? You're more likely to poop well. And people who tell me, well, my doctor says it's okay if I poop twice a week. I've always pooped twice a week. That's not normal. That's maybe your normal, but it's not normal. We are designed to eliminate whatever we eat today should be gone tomorrow. A dog, if you poop like your dog, you are in good shape. A dog eats and they go and poop not much longer. And then they're thrilled about it. They scratch around and fly back in the door. I have a dog. Well, if we call poopy, a poopy puppy, a poopy puppy. I have a dog. Well, and I have one of, one of my pups is he's eight pounds. And literally when you lift him up, you can tell if he hasn't pooped yet. I I can, I can tell. And I'm like, Oh, he needs to go out. He's, he's got too much in there. It's got to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you've ever done a poop study, a stool study, we do a three day study study at the office. And if you have to poop and scoop for three days, you have no idea how heavy your poop is. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're unbelievable. So pooping well, most people are dehydrated. All my water's gone here in this glass, right? And most people are dehydrated. I'm 130 pounds. I need a minimum of 65 ounces of water a day. If I get in my sauna, I need way more water. If I drink coffee, I need more water. People don't realize how chronically dehydrated. They would feel better just hydrating and your skin would look better and you're going to poop. But again, you can't poop well unless you were like me and I ate fast food growing up and I would um, have diarrhea. But that's, that's totally opposite. Well. If you're, no, that's not pooping well. So you have to eat fresh, clean, good, as healthy as you can food. And you've got to move and sleep. Again, it all works together. And then guess what? De-stress well. <sighs> This book's coming out and I'm stressed to the hilt, right? And, you know, I was in a bad marriage forever. I was, uh, well, not forever. 11 years seemed like tremendous amount of stress with two abusive stepfathers. And that kind of stress almost killed me. Of course, that's adverse childhood experience stress, but stress will kill you. It lowers your immune system. Your white blood cells burst in every direction and it decreases, it increases the inflammation in your body. You know, nobody has told you 
you have to stay in that bad other job. And I need, I, I did that. I did that seven years ago. I, I started my own business. Not everybody has to do that. You also don't have to stay in an abusive marriage. And so and you don't also don't have to keep the people in your life that are sucking the life out of you, the soul suckers. You have the right to set boundaries. You also have the right to say no to things. Nothing gets on your schedule unless you say yes to it. So you have the right to say, no, Julie, I can't do that podcast. I am overwhelmed. And I think when we are give ourselves permission to know that, oh, you don't have to be the room mother to the third grade class. Who cares? That kid's still going to go to fourth grade, whether you're the room mother or not. Or you don't have to tolerate that friend that is constantly dragging you down. Yeah. You can wean those people out of your life. And when you start to decrease the stress, and we all have a certain amount of stress. Stress is good for you. Stress. Sure. Also keeps your cortisol going, but chronic long-term stress will destroy your health. Yes, absolutely. And we are in power. We are in charge of so much of that. But yet as women, you see this as a coach, you know this, we pile it on and then we get angry about it. And then it starts to destroy our health. When we have the power all along to cut the ties. We do. And it, it takes, you know, that first, like you said, that first step is permission. And then it's reprogramming and training. And I actually have recently been noticing this with my male client. I used to think of the inability to say no as a particularly female trait or problem or condition. And while I do think there's definitely more of the, you know, we are trained to say yes and behave right and do, 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 and mothers, you know, put themselves last and all of that. I'm seeing with my, with my male clients, just like right now in the past month, I'm talking men in their fifties and sixties who do not know how to say no. They can't something even in business. They're, they're, it's like you said, with the podcast, they're, they're saying yes, business, they can't handle. Stretch. Right. Yeah. And we have the right, you know, when I got so overscheduled at the office, we were booked out for 15 months, probably three years ago, 15 months. I made the call to close the practice to new patients, not close the practice, but close the practice. That was the hardest decision. We did an announcement on, we did a video, made a video and, and announced it on Facebook. And that was horrifying to me because, you know, what we yeah. do for a living, we want to help everyone. But my health was going to take a huge hit if I continued to try to to, to, to keep up with it. I couldn't do it. And we closed down. We closed to new patients for probably a year and a half. And we are booked up now. So, so I have some more decisions to make coming up soon. I don't know what's going to happen, but but that's on me. I have the right to say. I can't do this. I cannot help you. Be your best if I am this stressed out over this going on back here in my life. So de-stress well is my fifth step. And then commune well, cultivate community. It's key. It's key. It's really incredible. The more I studied about community for that last chapter in the book is on cultivating community. 
I learned, you know, we, well, I already knew this part, but we are not designed to live in isolation. We're pack creatures, right? We want to be with family and friends. And what happened to us the last year and a half, social isolation. What? What is that? Social, social isolating. That doesn't even go together. And we cannot do that. And we cannot thrive and we cannot, you're barely surviving. And many people didn't. Suicide rates went through the roof this last year and a half. I sit on the board for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, which is near and dear to my heart. I mean, my mom has attempted multiple times. I know what it's like to want to die. And then my grandfather did die by suicide. I lost a patient last month to suicide Mm. and I never saw it coming. And this is my world is suicide prevention. Mm -hmm. Community is key. It's key. And you don't need a ton of community. You don't need a hundred people in your circle. It only takes one or two big roots to hold up a beautiful oak tree, you know? So, so I'm a big believer in cultivating. I started a, a neighborhood cookout last year during COVID, and we we would cook out every Saturday in our front yards, and it eventually ended up morphing all into my yard as we got closer and more comfortable and comfortable and got to know each other. I now don't have a neighborhood. I have a true community, and we all knew each other, and we all loved each other, but we didn't know each other. And now we know. And I stood up at, at, at one of our neighbors got married and I started the wedding off talking about community. They asked me to. And and so cultivating community is huge. You heal when you have community. And guess what? You eat better when you have community. You yeah. sleep better when you've laughed with community. You move better when you have community. You poop better. Your stress is better when you have your, your tribe. It's not rocket science. And so, again, that's what I do. And I try to work it all together with patients and let them know that none of those balls are ever equally in the air at the same time. Sometimes you're you're eating better than you are, you know, sleeping better or you're, you know, so it's all about balance and it's about homeostasis. Your body wants to right ship. I am proof of that. It doesn't take much. You are living proof of that. Yes. You were not born broken. And I tell you what, when you turn something on, your body wants you to turn it off. And we don't listen to those little red flags, that joint pain that pops up, right? That insomnia that may happen for a while, that itching that you're having, that slight anxiety that's popping. Those are red flags that your body is screaming at you to do something. And it will get louder and louder unless you start listening. Those symptoms are information, communication. They are. They are information, inflammation, red (laughs) flags, the whole thing. And and we don't pay attention. And in traditional allopathic medicine, the way I was trained, we treat the symptoms. Yeah. Right. We treat yeah. the symptoms. The Nexium doesn't cure a disease. It treats a symptom of heartburn. It treats heartburn, which is a symptom of something else. And so when we go back upstream and look and say, what happened? When did I feel the best in my life? When did I really feel like I was on my A game? And some people say, you know, Danny, I never felt like I was on my A game. Yeah. They had a lot of trauma or they had a lot of things happening. And so you can turn it around. And 
just that slight little bit of feeling better. If you have a couple of days of feeling better and not so foggy headed or not so much joint pain when you wake up, you're more inclined than to take it to the next day. Oh, and that's then, the, the, it becomes a self propelled. It's just amazing. You bet. We can, we can tell people what to do till we're blue in the face. But once they make that one change where they can feel that needle start to move, there's no holding them back. I mean, it and is this just is why we need coaches. This is why what you do for a living, we do not utilize. In fact, I am at a I am at a real crossroads in my practice right now. We sat and had a meeting this week about it. And I could bring another provider in, another provider, like a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. I could bring another provider or a doc. I mean, I could bring anybody in I wanted. Um, and I am really leaning towards bringing in coaches because as providers, I don't have the time right. to walk you through, even though I have an hour and a half, I'm not your coach, right? I'm your healthcare provider. And I'm just trying to keep everybody alive in the practice, right? I mean, and so I can yeah. do a lot in my time with you, but I'm not the follow-up person, right? Yeah. I'm not, what you do act literally turns people's lives around. And I hope that I will scream that from the rooftops going forward. The more I've learned about the power of coaching. Well, everybody needs a coach. It's it, it's I, my joy is partnering with practitioners because what I do works, what you do works. And when we put it together, the results are just faster, better. I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's remarkable. It's, it's just it is amazing, even though I know because I've lived it and I see it day in and day out, the body's ability to heal is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I mean, it so wants to be 100%. <laughs> it, 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 unless you're dead, it's right. never too late. Yes. I mean, it's, yes. Actually, I think we put that quote or that in the book. I thought, oh, that's. I cool. love that. People may I not like that. that. I think I have it in there. Unless you're dead, <laughs> it's never too late. In fact, I know I do on one of the call outs. And, and it's, it's the truth. Absolutely. So whatever people are going through, whatever, I mean, there is definitely a way around this and through it, actually through it. You have to go through everything. You can't go around it. The only way to get there is to go straight through it. And again, it starts with what's at the end of your fork. It starts with you believing also that you are worthy to be 150%. And when, when, when we as men and women put our oxygen masks, masks on first. Yes, we don't do it because I have two kids over there that that need my attention or a husband who needs my attention. You put your oxygen mask on because you're worthy to be healthy, happy and whole. And guess what? When mom is healthy, happy and whole, guess what else is the rest of the family? Absolutely. You do it for you. And 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 I think we forget that. And it's a trickle down effect. And and. Yeah, I'm a big believer that and we as women set the tone for the family. We set the entire tone when we're sick, when we don't feel well, when we have to go back to bed, you know, after we take the kids to school and we're exhausted and then we're irritable when the husband comes home or the wife comes home and we set the tone. Whatever mood we're in is the mood the rest of the family's in. Absolutely. 
Danny, you gave us, I mean, somebody could listen to this over and over and over again. And really, if they hit each of those areas and then pick up your book and they're done, what would you say one small achievable step listeners could take starting today, as soon as they listen to this, to start to improve their health? I mean, there's so many different places that I'm like, as you're saying it, like, oh yeah, there's her ones. Oh no, there's her one step. So what what would be one to circle back to? Didn't the first one I would circle? You know, my first my first instinct was to say the diet, the diet, the diet, because I know it's key. But you know, so many of your listeners are probably not sleeping, mm. and if you don't sleep, you can't tackle everything else. Because you heal when you sleep. So I would take a big inventory of what's happening to my sleep at night. Do you sleep well? Do you have trouble going to sleep? Do you have trouble staying asleep? The first thing you could do, which is completely, they could watch this and stop, is go clean up the bedroom. Yep. I love that. Make it, make it welcoming to sleep. And then maybe take some magnesium or get some sleepy time tea, get the distractions out of the bedroom. And you know, that includes an animal in the bed. I hate to say it now that I got this puppy, I don't have him in the bed, but you know, I know that people don't sleep as well when animals are in the bed, but you also don't sleep well when your husband or your wife are snoring out like crazy and you're up, but if you're snoring, so also you need to look at, do you possibly have sleep apnea? Yeah. Well, and this goes back to that inventory. I love that. I always say in every area we work on, knowing where your starting point is, is that that's the first step to change. Because most of us are not aware. We just normalize and we deal. Yes. And so I love the, you know, clean up the room and see what's really going on. Are you sleeping? Are you staying asleep? If you have a partner in there with you, ask them, am I snoring? Yes. Do, I snore? do you know how many people I have diagnosed? Well, I don't diagnose them with it, but right. I send them to the sleep lab with yep. sleep apnea. It's unbelievable. It's remarkable. I, I had a pulmonary uh, sleep doctor on my Facebook live recently and untreated sleep apnea takes 10 to 16 years, 10 to 20 years off of your lifespan. Well, I don't snore and I knew I didn't snore, but I did a home sleep study for my patients just to say I can do this. Well, guess what? I didn't pass that booger very well at all. And so I went into the lab and did a sleep lab, a sleep study in the lab, in the, in the sleep center. I have something called REM sleep apnea. So REM sleep is not the deepest, deepest sleep, but it's deep sleep. When I get into REM, I lose oxygen. 29 times I lost oxygen. Wow. What? And I'm not overweight. I don't snore. I don't have any of nobody in my family that I'm aware of has sleep apnea. So I actually am going, I'm ordering a CPAP to see. I feel fine. but. You feel but fun oh my gosh, maybe you could feel even better. Exactly. Yeah. I so, love it. I don't we'll know. Figure. We'll see what happens. But sleep, I say the one thing is let's take inventory of the bedroom and get you sleeping first. Then you can tackle what's in your kitchen or what you're doing every day. Because if you're fatigued, you can't do it. I mean, you just can't do it. 
I love that. That is gold. So before we wrap up, where can listeners find you? And this will be included in the show notes as well. Well, dannywilliamson.com, simple as that, has everything on it. It has the book landing page, the countdown till the book comes out, tons of free education, but all of that also on social media, Danny Williamson Wellness, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all the same. I put out like you tons of free education every day between Instagram and Facebook. And then my Facebook lives are transferred to YouTube. Your Facebook live we did. It's on YouTube. Hundreds and hundreds. So much free education for people. And then the book is available everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. I'm so blessed that they all picked it up. And it's released in November, November 9th. So we've got a lot of free education and free content out there for anybody who's interested in healing their body, truly healing their body from the inside out. Danny, thank you so much. This was so incredible. You know, we could do this 10 more times and and Uh just still have so much more to talk about. I so appreciate you. For everyone listening, remember you get the show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, Just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.